3: Scottish Football Podcast, Anthony Foolis, and today I'm joined by two men, good and true. Hello, Tom Watt. Hello. And hello Craig Anderson. Hello. It's been a, a relatively busy weekend and what is becoming a bit of a procession of a season, but we've got eleven teams who have very interesting things to talk about over the next <laughs> <laughs> the next forty five minutes of our time. Um but before we do that we'll start off with some hotties and naughties. Who's got something for me?
0: Uh start off with the naughty is uh, how awful it's been knowing the like hand washing habits of people in in my office at the moment um people (coughs) seem to think that that this is a novelty that you should be washing your hands (laughs) but i did like the i did like the advice that you should uh, wash your hands for as long as it takes to sing happy birthday to you which is good advice if you want to get people to wash hands for 20 seconds it's very bad advice if you're sitting in the cubicle and you just hear someone singing it (laughs) just quietly it's like the scene where Dennis Hopper has come into the, into the, into the cubicle, it's very sinister. We got down to
2: three, uh toilet papers in the house, which is usually our sign of like, like, time to buy some new stuff. And I felt like I was being judged as a holder for just, just buying a, buy a, a <laughs> thing of toilet paper because we were running out. Um, although I, I, I'm worried that by not holding it, I'm going to like go, you know, once, once the, the three plus the six run out, then, yeah, you're going, gonna, yeah. I mean, I've got I've got nine rolls to get through, so I'm I mean I, I don't. That's, good, that's, a, mean, good, that's a good amount of Hopefully, yeah, hopefully yeah. the the good people at uh, Kleenex or whoever makes toilet paper will have uh, for stepped up the manufacturing process by then. <laughs> well, I,
3: I was actually doing my I went to set my theory test this morning, which is in, a, in an office with a whole lot of shared computers and shared everything. Um, so, I used, I had to use so much alcohol and gel, I did half of it pissed. So, that was good. That was the right step.
0: Get one of those, like, stick things I you you pull, your head. And... You, need,
3: you need to eat your own pointy stick thing yeah, through your head. Yeah. You need to share a pointy stick thing. Anyway, uh, my hottie is a uh, castle. actually, which seems dead obvious, but I can't actually remember the last time through about 400 different circumstances, mainly going to weddings. Um, that I actually made it to Tynecastle at 3 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. We seem to keep getting them midweek and things like that as well. And it really was just a reminder of just how much fun going to Tynecastle is, um, of spending some time along in the various pubs on the way along from Haymarket to Tynecastle, being at the ground, which again, I've been there since they built the the, the main stand again, or, or, re- or built the new main stand, and it, it's just a truly fantastic place to watch football. Uh, you, you miss very little over the course of 90 minutes, which... A lot of grounds, I'm not sure you can say as confidently about that. Um, it really was terrific. Um, Hearts were, we'll get on it later on, but the, the noise when Hearts scored, I, th- I don't know if it's because they got ground's now completely enclosed on all four sides at the same height, but the noise was unbelievable. Um, and the atmosphere really was terrific. The Motherwell fans there as well, because it's enclosed, kept it going all game as well. And yeah, just a, a really terrific reminder of how much fun it is to go to watch football. And my hottie
2: is Scotland, um, who won the Pinotar Cup. Uh, so I can now be jo- join joined the Kirin Cup in the, the kind of uh, trophy cabinet. Um with our good did, you know, our good close personal friend, Shelley Kerr. Yeah. Yep. And and she did it with <coughs> did it with a game to spare. They're playing Northern Ireland tomorrow, um, in the third game of the tournament. But no, they beat um they beat Ukraine in the the opening game, um and Martha Thomas scored twice on her debut. And then it was interesting because they've always got very good um social media the Scotland players I tend to find and she posted a picture of her when she was a wee girl I think with I assume maybe her two brothers or something like that all wearing their Scotland strips and I thought it was quite nice because I think she's one of the players who maybe has um I, I thought she did have like English parents and kind of, you know, as as we do in the men's team as well. Um, but but obviously always kind of grown up as a Scotland fan. Um, and and the good thing from from Scotland's point of view was the depth that's there because yeah. they rotated the squad quite a lot. And it was when when you were speaking
3: to um to Shelly Kerr and, and Rachel Corsi it was um it was, they we were talking they, about yeah, this. They they feel that like they've reached a point now where they have to leave good players out because they're not in the best of form, where other people are slightly better for. Um, which even maybe sort of two or three years ago, it felt like there was just about an 11 and, and very little depth beyond that. Um, but now, like you say, there's, and there's players that are missing from that squad as well, who we are big parts of the squad as well. So yeah, a really positive uh, few days in the sunshine as well, which looked absolutely terrific. It was one of those moments of... I should have booked for that. That's that's what I could have spent two, day, two or three days out, or, or longer, spent a week in the sunshine watching Scotland... Win games of football and have a really pleasant time.
0: Uh, I've got two hotties. Um, one uh, data privacy. If you look at the front page of, it, I think it's the Daily Record with uh, Dougie Emery's pixelated yes. face. Yes, <laughs> that's, that's the
3: twice. That's twice in a week they've done that because they they had allegedly Stephen Robinson's pixelated face and allegedly Dougie Emery's it's, pixelated face.
0: I mean, it's made me completely forget what Dougie Emery looks like. I've no idea who who he is or where he's been in the last you know, twenty years of Scottish football and. Uh, excellent stuff um, and front page no less as well so well done well done there uh, but on a slightly more uh, impressive note um, Mitch Meginson now has 155 goals in the last four seasons for Cove because you got two against Brecon City Brecon City have 136 goals in the last <laughs> four seasons that's a, that's very
3: good very, it's, very good. it's not a bad record. Um, i was trying
0: to figure out how many what, how many games he played, but Highland League records are are a little patchy, a little patchy at best. But we're not far off. I mean, 155 in four seasons is must be a, about a goal a game, yeah. give or take. And it's transferred across the, in, into League, League Two. He's got 25 so far this season and no sense of slowing down
3: I've got a quick naughty which I don't want to spend too much time on as I imagine there'll be plenty of coverage for this but my naughty is actually the Scottish FA will have had a lot of positivity about the Scottish FA the women's team, um, who have been put in an absolutely impossible position uh, because Billy Gilmore's quite good at football and uh, that if they call him up he probably won't play um, by any stretch Billy Gilmer has looked terrific in the three games that he has played um, he is well known within the under 21 setup. has played for them a lot um, and if they call, if they don't call him up and he plays for the under 21s that'll be a disaster that'll be the worst thing in the world if they call him up and he doesn't play again is he better than Ryan Christie I don't know um, probably at this point in their careers probably not um, potentially in the future absolutely yes it's there but Ryan Christie has a body of work over the last two years to highlight how good he is Billy Gilmore has about 190 minutes of football over that period of time. Um, it would be interesting if he starts <coughs> against
2: Bayern Munich in the Champions League this week or whenever it is, and then you, and then you start to go, okay, so yeah, he's playing it? against Liverpool, <laughs> he's playing against Everton, and now he's playing against Bayern Munich, and, he, and then he's one of these players, yeah, you watch him for five minutes, and you're like, yeah, you it's, right, well, yeah you, you and and this is not
3: a criticism of Billy Gilmore at all. He looks like an absolutely wonderful footballer, but it's a situation which there is no, there's no, there's no easy out to the, this the, at all the counterpoint for me is that I would have said up until the
2: last squad it's, it's too soon for him because I watched him playing the league up against Man United um, maybe October November sort of time and he played up against Scott McTominay and McTominay just made him look like a wee boy but since then you, you saw him just taking the, taking the piss out of um, Fabinho yeah. and you go okay so he's maybe kind of developed and, and I think Kenny McLean's been in a lot of Scotland squad recently True. right now do you think he's better than Kenny McLean probably, probably. so get him in that, that's him. it for me. But you but understand if you even, even, but... even,
3: even getting him in, though, the ch- if he gets in, that's a big story. Yeah. It's a big deal. Is he
2: going to play? But maybe that's a good distraction from everything else. Like, just... Yeah, it yeah. takes, the, pre- takes yeah. the pressure off.
3: Yeah. Any, anyway, we'll move on to actually talking about the weekend's action. Um, we will start uh, at Putaudry, as uh, it was uh, Curtis Mania, um, as... Aberdeen won three one against Hibernian and it looked really good fun, which is not something I've said about, about an awful lot of Aberdeen games this season. For
0: a couple of seasons now, I think. Um Yeah, it, it did. I mean and it was a it was a very, very odd game in that Hibbs completely dominated uh, the first half. Uh went one nil up, could easily have been two, could 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 easily have be been more than that, um if it weren't for some very smart goalkeeping from from Joe Lewis. Uh and Hibs looked really good, they were finding a lot of space their midfield was spraying it around a lot um, they were getting in behind Aberdeen were playing a really high line and had matched the three at the back with um, Shea Logan looking quite uncomfortable as part of a <laughs> back three and, and um, Kennedy kind of being pin, pinned back pretty much at left back um, and for the best part of 50 minutes Hemsworth were, were were totally dominant Um with the with the possible exception of Lewis Ferguson, who had a pretty good first half, and everyone else in a red shirt was was kind of hopeless and was was outplayed. Then it all completely changes <laughs> in the space of kind of six minutes, really. Um, a daft second challenge from from uh, Flickr, who I don't I mean, as good as his were I'm not quite sure what he was, why he was playing, and when he considered that. Halberg and Omiyonga are are, are sitting on the bench and and are certainly more rounded footballers. Particularly after being on a book, like you saw the first booking, and
3: I I, I don't know, maybe if the game if the game is beginning to get a bit stretched, immediately at that point, Whitaker would be my first choice to hook as well, and maybe it was just around the corner.
0: But and I mean, the first one was a little, you know, maybe maybe a little soft, but Lewis Ferguson wound him up. So much, like, was constantly in his ear, and you could feel it coming. By <laughs> by, by the, by Fer- the
2: Ferguson certainly, the uh, referee away was filled. That, yes. was, uh, yeah. that was sensational. Like a triple salvo and all the all the stuff. Because uh, um, it was the same for Aberdeen the other night, and that they they started um, against Kelly They were awful to start with. Lewis kept him in the game as he did with the Hibs game. But they, again, the I've seen I've seen it twice at first hand in the last kind of few weeks. The resilience of that team—they do just keep coming back from from hits and you know come from two 0 down to get a point in Wednesday night and then come from behind and playing badly to again win another game. And it is about that mentality. Because um, the the thing for me about the two games against Kelly's been I mean, all the subtext running under it of the players like just being twenty two arseholes on the park and both Aberdeen are a team who are absolutely filled with them. I and mean, when you come up against Hibs, who I think have, well, like, they clearly, from the evidence, have a lot of fragility about them because um, they've thrown away lead after lead this season. And you saw them um, just capitulate against Hearts, it was an awful performance in midweek. They, there's work for Ross to do in terms of the mentality of that squad because yeah. it seems like a wee bit of an easy, um, you know, a soft touch. And I don't know if that's why Whitaker was playing because he's, you know, supposedly yeah. experienced <laughs> playing and all that, but obviously it, it, it completely backfired.
0: I think there, there, there does have, to, I mean, there needs to be a bit of credit for McInnes as well. That yes, he was playing against ten men, but within five minutes took Logan off, put Anderson on. It meant that the Hibbs back three were playing against two out-and-out strikers and did not know what to do. They didn't know like when when people were dropping deep. but like Bruce Anderson was was like all action. Um, they they took off. Uh, I think it was Gulen They took off. Gullin they took off and um, tried to show up midfield, but it basically meant that there was one man playing. Uh, that Dodge was was left up isolated on his own against Taylor and Constantine, the two Aberdeen fullbacks. That's, that's yeah, pretty, yeah, absolutely fine. Um, the the midfield got totally swamped, and all the pressure was big. every time Hibs tried to get out, the ball was coming back in, and it was kept like coming back right into their box, and all three goals were from just kind of chaotic bodies all over the place, bodies in the box, and kind of organised chaos. Just on that as well,
3: particularly Paul Hanlon, looks as if he's living permanently within the struggle tent at the moment. Um, <laughs> he hauled down Ferguson in the first half, which I don't think was a penalty, but we very much fell in the category of kind of seeing them given. He gave the ball away when Whitaker gets sent off by trying to take the ball out of defence and just losing it in the middle of the park. Um, he lost constantly for his goal, he was dragged miles out of position when Ferguson back-heeled it for Main's goal as well, on top of a, a, a very difficult Edinburgh Derby performance in midweek as well, and again, it's it's difficult to judge him, on, on, or it's, it's impossible to judge him just on those two performances solely, um, on the basis that his were down to 10 men against Aberdeen and against Hearts, nobody turned up, so it's it's not necessarily his fault. But he just looked like he had a really, really difficult game, particularly as you say. Once it was once I Hibs were down to ten men, it was a case of just, how have we got in? what? When am I meant to be? I have no idea what, what I'm meant to be doing.
0: And, and you can see why Ross is set up like that, so that you can get the most from like, a, a, an incredibly strong midfield. Like yeah. The, the, the footballers that team, in that team and that midfield, there's so many ways they can hurt you. Indeed. And they're they're very good going forward, but the moment they're on the back foot. It, it was it was ropey. It is, ropey.
3: Uh, is Scott Allen now a burden given that every time he plays a lovely pass whoever needs seemed to lose?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, it, what,
2: it was a great pass but yeah, I think that's the weird thing with this Hibs team. I feel like they've got like really top-end top, top end players like, um, like him, like Boyle and, and probably Doidge you put in that category
3: now. It's mental to the think that this Chris Doidge is the same Chris Doidge yeah. that had such a toil in the first two months of the season as well. Um, but yeah, Alan does seem to
2: do a lot of things that end up not counting for very much. Um <laughs> would be a nice way of putting it. And I think what he also miss is that he tries those passes a lot. They don't always come off as well, yeah. which is probably what... I guess it's, you know, you watch him in the highlights and you think, oh, he's just constantly spraying these passes and putting people through. You don't see the ones that go... Straight to the centre half and, (laughs) uh, you know, they lose, but I think that, that's the interesting thing for Hibs, and they've got a a massive game coming up now, because, um, St Johnston go to, uh, Easter Road, and if St Johnston win, they'll, they'll become strong
3: favourites for the top six. St Johnston have a really odd, like, weirdly good record at Easter Road, even when St Johnston are not playing particularly well, seem to turn up very well at Easter Road. Because Hibs have got
2: Celtic in the final game before the split as well, and in fact, they play, um, they play Celtic kind of after everyone else, so they may actually know what exactly, is all yeah. you need? But you're playing as a Celtic team who are potentially on the cusp of winning the league by that point, so I'm not sure. They, could, the they, three could, wins, win, they yeah. could win the league by then if they beat Rangers and then and Rangers lose another one. So it's it's going to be a challenge, I think. Um, I, I, I probably still think Hibs will make it, but it, they, they've put themselves in an awkward position from having been seemingly comfortable after, um,
3: after they beat Kelly a couple of weeks ago. Just finally in Aberdeen as well, Kennedy really does strike me as... The kind of final piece of the puzzle that have been missing to this point in the season so far, and that McInnes has to date as Aberdeen manager almost always had a couple of wingers. This season he's had McGinn who's looked out of sorts, but again perhaps that's unfair because you're, you're putting a lot of burden on him, and that Hedges has performed in bits and pieces. Um, Gallagher again has not been a. It looked very like a really useful addition right at the very start of the season, then sort of dropped away. Um, I think seen, is it Vine or Lee's been out there as well? But now Kennedy, him taking the ball and the way that he plays frees up not only Main or Cosgrove, uh, McGinn as well, Andy Aberdeen midfield. And it now looks like I I would be confident in Aberdeen finishing third now, essentially, because he looks like the bit that was missing in order to let everybody else. Play the game they want to play.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he's 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 been very impressive the last few weeks. Uh, looks like he's he really knows what he's doing. He's been like he's been really good defensively as well. Like gets back and covers. But I think the good McInnes sides have needed two, if not three, kind of wingers. Like, he doesn't necessarily play with three wingers, but certainly like Hayes, Rooney, and Pollitt are yeah. or or, 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 or and, and variations on that theme. Where. Um, or like Hayes Rooney uh, sorry Hayes um, McGinn McGinn and uh, Christie when they played and they kind of interchange and it means that you uh, Mackay Stephen in, in previous seasons and and, and um, Conor McLennan when he came in last year if you have two of them any two of the three on their game then you've got so many different yeah. points of attack and what, one of the problems that earlier on in the season was the only one, only one was firing at any one point yeah And it meant that, you know, if Hedges was a danger man, then he was quite easy to mark and nobody else was was causing many problems. At the moment, McGinn's playing well, Kennedy's playing well, McLennan seems to have come onto a game um, and there's a few options on the bench.
3: They all just offer a slightly different challenge as well. So, yeah, Uh, before we move on to the next games, uh, we're just going to have a very quick word from our sponsors. Uh so we will quick. that was quick, really quick. Uh, so we will head off uh to Celtic Park where uh, Lee Griffiths is back to break quarantine and send us to the Euros, apparently.
0: Yeah, yeah right on time. Uh, his fifth uh, hat trick of the SPFL era, which I believe takes him above Liam Boyce, out and out in front. I think Liam Boyce has four. And that's a really, that's greatly, that's a wonderfully niche star. Yeah, big yeah. big fan of that. It, it um, like it's first for it's first for a couple of years, but yeah, just right at the time when he's kind of needed, uh, and um, you know we could really do with a, a striker who, who knows who knows where the where the goal is. Um, looked very confident, linked up, uh, and the, the slight change of formation that Celtic Celtic had over the last couple of weeks to get the best out of both him and Edward. Seems to have paid dividends. I mean, I I, I do think Saint Mirren kind
3: of. I right, I think I, th- I think a Saint Mirren uh, a, a Saint Mirren lineup that started with Tony Andrew. I, I realize that this is basically becoming a weekly thing where a member of the terrace podcast pans Tony Andrew, but he's just not got the legs. Anyway, I, I, you looked at it, you presume Saint Mirren were going to turn up at Parkhead and make it difficult as they've done at home as they've done away for a lot of teams, um, but immediately just. It looked like case like, of let's just get in and get out, um, without getting too much bothered. But the chewing they took is yeah. very bad for them, given the, yeah, um. So yeah, just the the, the they took in a goal difference, it might be a bit of a
0: that might end up being significant. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I think Goodwin has subsequently said they had one eye on the the Harps game, yeah. which makes a lot of sense, uh, and it was kind of uncharacteristic of the, the, their season just how. Like Celtic did not have to get out of first gear. So, in fairness to St. Mirren, they started reasonably well, but since as as they went behind, like Celtic strolled to a five-nil and you know five going on whatever. Um, and I think the biggest worry for St. Mirren is without over the course of the season. If you've watched them, you'd think there's been a significant improvement on where they were last season. They're, they are harder to beat. They've had some decent results.
3: They've got some guys that they've got some centre forwards who look like they can play at this level. Yeah. Whereas last year, every single one of their centre forwards had wee bits and starts, but ultimately you looked at it and went, you're not. Uh, yet. They, they, they,
0: they definitely look like a more cohesive unit. But if you look at the teams that are down and in serious trouble at the moment, Ross County have a wee bit of a, a wee bit of a cushion. Hamilton starting getting some results. Hearts have got a little bit of momentum about them. And, and if you were to sort of base it purely on gut at the moment, St Mirren's... And as is well,
3: you look at the basis that St Mirren are a promoted side, so you would, presumably at the start of every season, you're looking at and say, and St Mirren, much like last year, last this year had a difficult start to the season because of the late nature of everything that happened there. The, the thing for me, I was watching it and I was like, uh, the,
2: the, the, opening goal for Griffiths and the amount of space he got. And then there was an, Im- immediately a chance just after it, which looked very similar. And I was like, oh, who's who that left back? And then I remembered it's our left back. He's on one there. So <laughs> that was great. It was Callum Waters, um, who's, who looked good in a Steve Clark's team when he very occasionally had to replace Greg Taylor. But um, ever since then, and I, based on his reports at St. Mirren, I'm, I'm not sure how much of a, um, top flight future he has ahead of him. Um, but yeah, the, the, it was the cheapness of the, the, especially the opening goal that all um, disappoint Goodwin um, just in terms of I mean I don't think I actually saw an angle that confirmed that Griffiths was onside but he was I, I think the fullback uh, on the opposite side was it was um, very deep so I would presume that but it was just yeah, the just sort of cheapness of some of those goals it, it did very much look like a team bottom of the or near the other bottom of the league just turning up to be lamps to the slaughter yeah. and and didn't, didn't offer a great deal and as you say Tom if, if they go and beat, um, Hearts. beat Hearts on Tuesday night or whenever it is it will all be forgotten about but if they don't, it starts to become a you know a worry for them.
3: Uh, again, for Celtic, I, I, it did feel a bit sort of like really just sort of highlighting the the difference between the depths in the squad and the quality they have, particularly on Sunday afternoon. Uh, trying to watch Rangers and, and Ross County as well as Celtic are comfortably ahead in the league yeah. uh, by a, by a distance and are still. Turning up in first gear and absolutely shooing teams in a way that Rangers aren't. It makes
2: all the it must be all the more galling for the fact that Lennon, for some reason, kind of second guessed himself and tried to be too cute in the Copenhagen game. Yeah, a team that Celtic are clearly much better than, but he didn't. He, he paid them too much respect and he, he changed away from that formation that had been working wonders for them domestically, and, and and that was a shambles of a performance. And then they go straight back to to playing the two up front and winning games easily again. And so it must. Yeah, and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not for a for a minute saying that St. Mirren are on the same level as FC Copenhagen, but Copenhagen are probably no better than, or not, not a million miles better than, kind of, Aberdeen or Motherwell, based on what I saw from them, and yet, he shattered essentially, which, which is, is surprising, um, and, and that will be, you know, for this season, which they're, they're going to win, you know, they're obviously at least going to win a double. They probably win the Scottish Cup, might not, but there's, there's going to be, I think, a more, more rueful look at this in previous year not last season when they got out of the Europa League it was by um, by Valencia and you go okay well it's you know, Valencia, Valencia but to lose you know to Cluj and then to um, Copenhagen in those two big games I think it's going to leave a sour taste I mean and yes it'll be mainly forgotten about but I think it's a kind of missed opportunity but for particularly
3: for Celtic at this time as well and that every summer and again it makes sense because that's what that's how they're making money is a case of they will lose a big player this yeah. summer whether it's Callum McGregor or Christie. Well, Julian decides he wants to move on, which would be a real shame. Um, but, the, well, or Eduard moves on as well, and it, this team feels like a team which is could have gone... Yeah, yeah. Certainly, yeah, Certainly should have beaten Copenhagen, and then you are looking at... You have a decent draw, you're reaching a... After it's, it's all, not,
2: they didn't... You look at Lazio, Lazio are sitting top of, or second in Serie A, yeah. Yeah. And, and, okay, they maybe weren't all in on the Europa League, but there was a strong team that Celtic played against in and didn't just kind of, you know... Um, Scrape by. by. They deservedly beat them in both games. And I think, yeah, that, that will be the kind of major disappointment. They, they ultimately won't care if they get the 10, but it's just, you know, I think the thing for them. But when, when there's nothing about there's nothing about their performance to talk about, they, they were good, um, but they were playing St Mirren. Um
3: The only, only other thing I had to add was, uh, again, kudos to the, the North Bank and St Mirren fans for highlighting the 20s plenty uh, campaign for away fans, which... Great, I um, fully fully support such a thing, so yeah, great. Well, we both paid 29 quid for us. Yeah, 29 yeah, the quid to go castle, to Tyne Castle. And, and on that note, we'll, we'll head off to Tyne Castle um, as Muller and Hart share the points. Um, I both. say we both paid, I've not paid money to anyone, I don't know who. I do
2: money to, but
3: <laughs> someone paid £29 pound for me to go to Tyncastle. Uh, castle. Where Chris Long scored from Mullerwell before Connor Washington equalised. Um, my my real well, the thing, one of the things I enjoyed most about this game, particularly, was how much of an absolute hiding, uh, Rolando Adams gave to, uh, Aaron Hickey, mm. which looked like, it looked like uh, men against boys stuff, uh, and Hickey has been very, very good for Hearts and has been throughout what has been an incredibly difficult season for them, one of the most reliant performers, but it was just the difference, and it, it was Robert, how Robert and I were talking about after the game of. Ike coming up against a guy who's a Premier League-conditioned, strength-wise uh, winger, and Aaron's just threw him about the place like an empty trackie. Um, should have got more out of him in the end, but I, I, it wasn't as much of a doing as it from a fullback as I've seen since Sherman Sadoff chased Stephen Whittaker out of third park. Um, it was really good stuff. Um, in the end... I felt a point. I think both teams will have felt they could have won the game. I think both teams will be reasonably happy with a point. It secures Motherwell in top six and gets Hearts four points in a week uh, disp- and puts season them lose ground on Hamilton actually some.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of the, also in the, the this, this time of no handshaking, the Daniel Stendhal shoulder charge celebration. <laughs> so sort of like chest bump thing he had going on and went right down this, like his entire backroom stuff uh, when Hearts equalised. Um, a funny kind of game, and it, I mean, I think Motherwell had the more they 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 also scored, um, and had a very good like four yeah, v the, two, the, four v one, four
3: v one, four v two was just a a poor a, a poor pass away, a pass away from I think finishing the game. Stephen at Stephen
2: Robinson claiming that should have been a penalty. I don't know if you hadn't seen it back yet, but that was uh, that was very very very, <laughs> very not a penalty. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was botched. We were, we were watching it, um, you know, f- from, from a pretty good yeah. angle coming, coming up, And you're like, surely they're going to score here. And, and, it was, that was kind of symptomatic of, um, how hearts had started the game. They, they were a mess at the back. They, they showed up a wee bit later on. I mean, you saw from the goal, How Kit continuing the season that he's had of just being, not quite. Really yeah. Awful. Yeah. Um, smashing the ball against the long, and then you know, looking like he was towing a truck to try and keep up with him. It nearly was, 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 tripped him. Yeah, yeah, it, it was,
3: was great to see the the angriest man in Scottish football, Chris Long, crack a smile as well. That was really, <laughs> really, really, really positive stuff.
0: Um, I think the the it highlighted like, I kind of highlighted Hearts' understanding so far is when they're good and when they put bits of like they they don't play like a team that's bottom in the league when they when they click and they click. Reasonably frequently for a team in their position, yeah. there are enough good footballers that they they're working the ball in the box, they're creating opportunities. There there are enough good footballers in there. When they're bad, they're catastrophic. <laughs> like I mean, like you could almost say that the entire thing. Like, like Zlamal's save in the there was a, a save in the second half which was like fizzed at and threw a bunch of bodies, and, and like it was a, an incredible save. But also he had a moment where he like basically headed the ball straight up into the air when he could easily have caught it in his own box. And that seems to be why they are where they halt, are.
3: I'm not sure. What yeah, I mean, that,
0: that's kind of where they, like, for all your good play, if you're going to do something like, you know, the, that sort of indecision or, or Halkett, like rattling it off with, under no pressure whatsoever for AR and up the pitch when there's no one else around you, that's, yeah, you're gonna finish bottom.
2: Yeah. The 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 I don't know what they say, you're talking about the one from Hilton. From Hillen, Hillen, yeah. We yeah. were sitting right behind that and they swear I've forgotten that that was that was nestling right in the bottom corner. Yeah. It was a fantastic strike. I thought Mother the, the, the performance of Aaron's and Hilton kinda of summed up Motherwell's wingers for the season in that they looked good Blue, but didn't yeah. do anything. They didn't they didn't, they didn't not a single or not a single Thing came from them in terms of a goal or a, a created goal and okay Hilton was unlucky and, and they yeah. did have good crosses and stuff but I, th- I thought it was interesting the contrast of as I said Halkett and Gallagher when you looked yeah. at last season you thought Halkett was a more promising player and maybe he's still he's obviously a bit younger and all that and he can, he can learn and maybe the, the year in the championship next year will be good for him but um, <laughs> Gallagher he, I thought he had a very good game he's composing, he had a couple of mistakes but he passes the ball much better than I Thought he did, and when the ball comes into a box, it's like he's a magnet. It yeah. just comes to his head. He's just it's so just like...
3: he's, it's just the, the, he's so aggressive in the air to win headers. And in the second half, it was a, a big loss for for Motherwell as Alan Campbell went off and for about half an hour following that. I quite like Barry Maguire and I think he's a, a useful player in a number of ways. Um, but following Campbell going off, Ross County in midweek, we won every second ball because O'Hara won it and Campbell picked it up. O'Hara was winning plenty in midfield against Hearts, but Maguire just doesn't have the the same sort of nose for being in to to win the second ball. And again, the way the game was, it was proper sort of rock'em sock'em football yeah, was... for, for over the course of ninety minutes. So it can't have been an easy game to find yourself in when you are a centre half that plays in midfield now. Um, but Maguire's shelling balls into the box and throw-ins for a while as well. Um, which I mean, if you you're, you're gonna have one skill, have one that nobody else in the team can do, so that's absolutely fine. And every like I say, every single time. There was a chance because Gallagher would win it, and then it was a case of setting balls around that as well. It's like when Ian Hart,
2: um, all he could do is take yeah. free kicks, but he was so good at them that you yeah, had does, to find a place for him in the like team. Barry Robson, uh,
3: Scotland, career the, the latter years of that, like he can hit, he had a good free kick and a good corner, <laughs> so Barry <laughs> Robson gets to be in the team. Um, yeah, it was. I, I had a lot of love for Connor Washington as well. Yeah, he, he hard. particularly on. in the Derby game as well, but he has that ability to work incredibly hard. Um, but also has just that and more than enough quality in order to make it worthwhile. And his, I think in the first half of the season, you worried a little bit whether it was just the case of he worked really hard. Right, fine, that's that, that's great. But what more has he got to his game? He saw, the, the one against Hibbs was a bit fortunate. I, said, I think he should have hit it earlier. But again, that goal gives you the confidence. And if you are a centre forward, he was exactly where he was meant to be for Naysmith's Cross. If you're going to be a centre forward that's going to get goals, that's where you expect him to be. What you don't expect is to see Cleve Dicamona standing next to him in the six-yard box as well. But yeah, ultimately, as I say, I think both teams happy with their point. Hearts maybe a bit frustrated, well, well, a bit frustrated, but I think ultimately fair in that respect. Um, we will head off to uh, the Foy's where Aki's somehow picked up their sixth point of the week um, after playing Rangers and Kilmarnock to extend their lead away from the bottom of the table um, with a goal from Mariusz Ocampo.
0: Yeah, Talking do it.
2: about the um, Daniel Stendhal thing, when he scored uh, someone kissed him? Yeah, um, so uh, that's exactly how you shouldn't be uh, behaving at the moment <laughs> but um, I would like the... the... That,
3: uh, is, there, is, is there coronavirus on plastic pitches? Is that like a something you need to worry about? I, I are, you sure?
2: or are you suggesting that plastic is um, going to no, save us all? I have no <laughs> idea. Well, how, if
3: he's not got it before he went on then surely kissing him is not going to make a difference I don't know how viruses work um, but the, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I think
2: it was incredibly frustrating game again for Kelly. That's um, seven points Hamilton have taken against Kilmarnock compared to um, Hearts have taken none at all, and and that maybe sums up what's going on at the bottom. And St Mirren beat this as well, so um, and they've they've got another chance to do the same on Saturday. So, so it says Kelly will try to relegate Hearts, relegate Hart, which is which is a strange thing to do, given that we do beat them all the time. Yeah, you yeah. think we'd want to yeah, keep yeah. that team up? But how do you? It's a strange balance you've got there because you you want to beat them all the time to keep winning, but if you keep beating them all the time they will go down. Elegant, yeah. Um so eh uh, <laughs> but no i, I think it, it kind of summed up Kelly under Dyer in the sense that there, there is in some senses a plan. They they don't you know it's not it's just it's just there's not a lot of football to the plan, it's just quite kind of basic four f four four two or sometimes kind of four three one two or whatever it is get the ball into the strikers, work around it. And it's not it's not that it's awful or that that we're a terrible team, but we're just so, so, so it much more than what it was like it was
3: before. Dynamism of Steve
2: I of with similar players. Yeah. Just, it just shows I think in terms of the the, the difference in coaching and yeah, we probably should have, should have won that game certainly shouldn't have lost it. But Hamilton kept themselves in it throughout and it wasn't like a dominant Kelly performance and it should be a dominant Kelly performance when you compare the two teams, um, and, and yes, yeah, some baffling team selections and stuff good to see Stephen Hendry still alive. Yeah, I, I mean, he'd been completely frozen out, and, and Hammerline has been pretty poor for a long time, but it was a very strange to just see him pop up out of nowhere. Um, Kilty, I don't think he was amazing the other night, but he's the one player that can put his foot in the ball, and he, and he played reasonably well, and okay, you have to get power back in, but I think he will feel hard done to, done by to be dropped, and it's just... There's just a lot of that at the moment. There's just a lot of malaise. Rory McKenzie was making his 250th appearance for Kelly. He's not got a contract yet for next season. What's going on with that? Like, just give him three years. Well, no matter what level Kelly are going to be at, like, Rory McKenzie's going to be fine. He, he could get to the Champions League and Rory McKenzie would be like running about up and down the wings fine. Doing a job keep at him, fullback. Just dropping him at fullback because he's got, so he can he, run about. He's up at, got 250 uh, games by the age of 26. I think he, he's, he knows quote. what he's doing. Um, but yeah, that's just, there's just a lot. Of negativity going on there, but but not to take away from Hamilton, who three times against Kelly in the league this season have went down to ten men, and three times they've got a result regardless. Um, it was a
3: me- it was an absolutely brainless red card. Like the first the first yeah. booking is unmistakably a booking. Yeah. The second booking is unmistakably a booking, and the, the response from from Miller turning out there. What do you mean that's a foul? Because you've not got none of the you've not got near the ball. It's not, <laughs> it's not even close to. and I understand that he is a winger a attacking player, but I presume at Aki's training everybody tackles. Like, I just presume that's <laughs> part of the thing that you do. Um so yeah, I I, I find that just as soon as you say, I always love it in highlights when you see somebody getting booked in highlights you're, because you're going to be yeah, set yeah, off. And they, that's that's your first booking for stupidity and your second one it's also just the booking for it's stupidity. The, the Chekhov's gun of, uh, <laughs> of football. It's like, oh, oh, Stephen Whiter's been booked. What's going to
2: happen next? Oh, Mikkel Willers. Uh, There's only two outcomes. Either they're going to get sent off, or they're going to escape not gets, yeah, red yeah. card controversially. <laughs> Otherwise, they're not, you're not showing bookings. What they should do occasionally is just, put just, in just a throw assist. in a booking just as a, as a yeah, um,
3: you know, a bit of a red herring. Um, sh- does does that count as a, a Jamie Hamilton red card as well? Given that Jamie Hamilton lasted 20 minutes was substituted off for Michael Miller due to injury and then still sent off yeah let's give it to him yeah I think <laughs> it, it seems fair it's another,
0: he must be up to about like an eight game ban by this point for red cards I'm, I'm a big fan of the fact that it was like so wet and there was so much water and moisture <laughs> coming off that even the cameras are like you know like for all the, all the high quality cameras but it seemed like that seemed like a like it was a chosen filter for the sort of game, like this this will add to the ambience and the general feeling of <laughs> both of these teams that will have like water covering the camera so you can't see replays properly.
2: I, I, I feel like that happens a lot at Hamilton as well. I don't know if it's a bit of a more open stadium, but it feels like every time I go there, that's what the weather's like as well. And yeah. so it was, uh, it's, it's, a brainless challenge from Finlay as well. I mean, okay, I think it's one of those where you're trying to chase the game and Kelly. are trying to win the game, and so he's almost so focused. And you saw him in the box a few minutes earlier. You know, try to play centre forward, and he, he does that, and he's kind of that leader in the defence that, that wants to do that. But you, you still have to take your point. The point, the point could have been okay for Kelly with with Hibs losing. Um, it would have it would have let us yeah. close up on them a wee bit, but. It's twice in the, uh, and for for a guy who I think has been probably in the best form of his career in terms of most of what he does. He's given away two daft penalties, um, a, a, the same against Aberdeen in the Cup, which was I mean more costly in terms of, of where it put us. But just diving in when he's a composed centre half normally, and, and it's just kind of strange, and and it's probably not the best time to be doing that when there's a Scotland place yeah. up for grabs and um, you know. Declan Gallagher's heedering everything. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're not, you know, you're not maybe showing your best side. Or, or you, and I think he's been playing well, but then he's he's doing things like that. Um, it's good to see that Branescu remains a a hoodie as well. Uh, yeah, the, the penalty. I feel sorry for him because um, I don't. He, <laughs> he does. He does. He gets about as close to saving it without saving it. I would say because he it had, goes it goes up like he has like, two. If, he, if he's made it there <laughs> with
3: two hands, surely two hands should see
2: it round the post. Um, I think I, I don't know if I'm just feeling sorry for him because I know how bad the alternative is but um, <laughs> and the one with the cross is unforgivable the yeah. way he comes out like past the cross I mean I know it's windy but you, you can't come past the ball you're yes. a goalkeeper
3: it's not uh, not your job it's a, it's, a, it's literally the opposite of your job <laughs> So, we will go from one goalkeeper, um, doing daft things to another goalkeeper doing amazing things, which don't make sense. Um, I've seen Johnston beat Livingston 1-0, and I can only implore everybody to go and watch the highlights of this game to try and figure out what Xander Clark thought he was trying to do. In the end, it cost nobody anything, and all it is is a good cheap laugh. Um, but Xander Clark somehow ending Backwards, It's like... You know these still images of Callum mm-hmm. Patterson just these body and weird shapes and weird bodies. Sorry, sorry on that, but did we see Callum Patterson's goal? So yes. No, know, at the yes. weekend,
2: that was... It yes. uh, won't up as well.
3: Um, but Xander Clark, by any means, stopping a player. I've no idea what he's doing. It works, and fair play to him, but I've no idea what he was trying to do. But <laughs> uh, broadly, Livingston's uh, struggles away from the Tony Macaroni continue. This game did not seem like a classic. Um,
0: I think that's fair. I think that's fair to say. But, um... Credits in johnston I mean I think they're they're on a, in a really incredible yeah. run of form especially the way they started the season um
3: I very much hope they don't make top six because I don't want to play them
0: <laughs> no I, and I, I don't think anyone will want to play them at the moment because they're i mean i think since the so they they had like our, our, the first fifteen games but um, we only had only had two wins they conceded four to four or more to Rangers Celtic Hibbs motherwell and Cove. Um, but since it's much, Meganson though. No, well, I doing? mean, yeah, no, what can you do? Um, but since December, they've only lost uh, three games, uh, and two of them to Celtic, who are beating Celtic, are beating everyone, and one at the Tony Macaroni, where everyone loses. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a pretty incredible record. I think, given the I mean, their, their game in hand is against Rangers, and they've got Celtic allegedly. Alleged, well. Yeah. All all things uh, going going to plan, uh, and they've got um, both Hibs and themselves have Hamilton, who at the moment seems to be noise. who knows what. So I I think the 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 Hibs game that this weekend could well decide the, that top six place. Um, so I, I mean I'm almost inclined to say that I think they're favourites, even though their game in hand is they their game in hand against is against Rangers and the way Rangers are playing, you can. Conceivably, see them yeah. taking points in that. Whereas I can't see him taking anything from uh, Celtic. You wouldn't back them against Hamilton at the moment, and you certainly wouldn't back, back them against St. Johnston. But um, yeah, they've they've taken uh, twenty five points from the last fifteen games, um, and Callum Hendry seems to be an unstoppable force or an immovable object.
3: I absolutely love the St Johnston goal of just like lads just swinging legs and hoofing it up in the <laughs> air. The, the, the pitch looked like it was a struggle, it looked like a, a, a choppy day in the air, and just hoofing the ball around. Dre Wright just gets it out of his feet, whips in a pinpoint cross. It's an incredible cross. Unbelievably yeah, it is good a cross. Important. And, and Hendry, it's one of those ones where he feels he, he cannot miss it. All the paces are on the cross. All he needs to do is direct. It's a, what is a genuinely wonderful goal, um, which I enjoyed massively. Even more so for what in the, in the sort of minute beforehand of it of just boys lashing balls around all over the place.
2: Um, I'm, I'm thoroughly looking forward to the the memes being made by the Scotland dads when he inevitably gets into a squad and and it's uh, you know the brave heart and taking <laughs> over from
3: his his dad and now it's at the other end of the park. Yeah, and uh, like yeah, Saint Johnston are just they're really good fun. They, well, this wasn't a great a great game. Just, I, really, I a lot of time for a lot of the players. Just now, Hendry as well, because he seems to be a big shit, which I'm all for <laughs> as well. Um, and is it more important that we call up in Cap Ali McCann than Billy Gilmore at the moment? I'd, I'd like to see him... On the, be- on the basis that I, I don't
2: think... I think he's good. I don't, because of people like Gilmore, he's probably yeah. never going to be a first choice for Scotland, but he, he yeah, you You want to find it exactly, yeah. um, But... I think he, he think he, it seems like is going to play for Northern Ireland, but
3: um, maybe if he
2: play, it'll be
3: in, in addition as well. Have St Johnson actually scored a goal before the seventy fifth minute this season? Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure about ninety nine percent of the goals have come from the seventy fifth minute onwards. Most of them eighty five onwards as well.
0: Seventy five minutes of like crushing souls. They're they're, they're very, like defensively they're they're attritional and they're they work so hard and. Um, Especially after that that rough start to the season when they looked like they were getting steamrolled and there were there was only one place they were going, but like yeah they do seem to like ride it out, make teams get frustrated and then hit them late on. And considering the size of the squad, they seem like very fit and up and at them.
3: Just a, one one final thing for me in the game and and squad depth is kind of relevant to this as well. And the addition of Effie Ambrose to Livingston's uh, backline. Now means that I think they have roughly twelve centre halves, and to accommodate this they seem to have got they've gone a kind of have gone back to having a back three, which just doesn't really seem to be working for them. At the start of the season, they looked okay. Their best bit of run of form was when they sort of shifted to a back four, and they, they looked very useful like that. And now the addition of Ambrose, and I understand that you bring in Ambrose because if that opportunity arises for any team in the top flight, just about. You take them because if that's there, you take them. You've got them an 18th month contract, brilliant. But that means you need to drop somebody. You can't just fit it in just now. It's not, if it didn't work early, it didn't work as well as it did in early, last season. In the early parts of the season, it's probably not going to work now that you've got a guy that's just come in and is playing again. So a, a bit of an odd one. And
1: um, before we do the last game, um, we've just got another quick word from our sponsors. Hi, it's Phila once again here to bring you an offer of free beer. Who doesn't love free beer? Well, we've partnered up once again with the good people at Beer52.com and they're giving our listeners the opportunity to sip eight delicious and painstakingly sourced craft beers from around the world. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash terrace and just cover the postage of 4 95 And if that wasn't enough, as a listener of the terrace, you'll get an extra two free beers. So that's 10 free beers in total for terrace listeners. Beer 52 are beer pioneers. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting beer from the greatest small-batch breweries planet Earth has to offer. No surprise, then, that they are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, Beer 52 deliver a case with a different theme. Themes have included Germany, South Africa, New Zealand, California, and many more. As an independent UK company, Beer 52 are also passionate about the UK craft beer scene. The beauty of Beer 52 is that you can leave any time. The power is in your hands. As well as the best, most interesting beer money can buy, your case will include the award-winning craft beer magazine Ferment, which explains the theme and individual beers you'll receive, and a beery snack is thrown in just to top it off. If you don't like dark beers, you can choose the light plan instead. Easy. Just go to www.beer52.com forward for slash terrace to get your case free, and don't forget right now the terrace listeners get two extra beers free.
3: That was another quick word.
1: So I'll that was, buy that product.
3: That was uh, the last. The last game is Ross County nil Rangers one. Uh, as Ryan Kent moved ahead of Andy Constantine in the goal scoring charts. I yeah, now.
0: believe he's got one goal and two assists fewer.
3: Right, go. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah, um, I did not take a great deal of pleasure out of watching this
0: at all. It was not. It was not a good game. It was not a good game, and there is. It, it's the sort of game that if if um, if Rangers had come out the out the winter break and they'd gone into this game, you know, off the back of the, the Celtic result, and they had kind of ridden the storm we a, a wee bit, like they, they had a lot of the ball, they had a lot of the chances in the first half that. You, you know they they were overloading and they had there was one point they had like seven men in the box and just it wouldn't fall for anyone um but they got frustrated as the game was going on and you could tell that they were just trying to force something and when they were doing that that's when mistakes were were, were creeping in and ross county had their their chances had it been a game that with 10 minutes to go they snatch it uh, uh, and they win it and that was part of like maintaining momentum. All the story would have been around how they managed to find a way to win, given what things have been like over the last you know six weeks or so uh, domestically. It, even though they won, it seems like it, it's another way of of kind of highlighting their their frailties and how, highlighting what's not working at the moment. Morelos had a bunch of good chances. You know, had a had a clean header that he could get on target. Didn't look particularly at like the races. The defence looked fragile. They needed Alan McGregor to bail them out a couple of times for, um, and and it does feel slightly childish when they won the game. But the the wider story over the last couple of weeks has has been around dealing with pressure and, um, kind of how they how they how they can both kick on and and. Uh, and build on where they seem to be at the end of December, um, and show that there's a bit more about this group of players beyond who you know beyond the eleven that that Gerrard would ideally like to have. And now that he has to rotate, we touched on it earlier, that that Celtic seem to be able to take in bringing players blow Saint Mirren apart five nil. A couple of players missing from the Rangers team, like Ryan Jack, missing. Means that like Kamara suddenly looks like a player who was playing for Dundee United. Was 60 grand, all, yeah. yeah. Stephen Davis looks like you know a guy coming to the end of his career, um, and like I say, it does feel slightly childish because because they did win the game, but they they should have won that game with the players that are there. They should have won that game. They created a lot of chances. They created a lot of opportunities to score.
3: And again, in the end, it came from a, a deflected shot from a guy who was about or not. I just missed being substituted.
2: Essentially, I, I'm going to start a, a hot take, which is uh, uh, Hadji is like their Christina Espritia. Um <laughs> in the sense that he's a good player, but he seems to have like having to put getting him into the team seems to have disrupted what they were good at. Yeah, mm. and they, they they seem to have f- sacrificed a lot of control in games, and you've seen them, and he can do it, but there seems to be a mentality shift in Europe, and you've seen them have control when they c- the could control against Braga for the most part. Um, and they control games before that but but when they play domestically it's like they're trying to get him and Aribo and all these creative players into the midfield and it comes at the cost of, of the shape of the team which then exposes the defence who have been used to having players playing in front of them yeah. and then all of a sudden they're having to do things themselves and you start with Rebo that made the, the blunder that that really should have been a goal for Mackay um, yeah. which, you know, that goes in Rangers lose again and... and you it know, is, yeah. sharpened and stuff and yes yes they won. They deserved to win, I think, but yep. they, they they weren't great, um but Ken um, you know, justifying that seven million fee by smashing a shot in off Ricky Foster?
0: Yeah. I think that yes, they won and they did deserve to win and and they were better overall than they have been in, in the particularly in the Hamilton game when they were, they were absolutely rotten. But it doesn't put it doesn't really address the problems that there appears to be with a, a mentality problem and this this idea of of there being pressure. Like Gerard comments after the Hearts game and after the Hamilton game didn't exactly. James, recap James the guy, program. Tappenious 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 tappenious. Tappenious program. Yeah. Ryan Jack said something similar that, that there was that dealing with the pressure. The pressure is a problem, and when the goal didn't arrive. You could see that there was okay, there was, there was, a,
3: there was a, a period in the second half as well where Ross County were it was certainly on top in the game yeah. as well, and it had and sort of the Mackay chance was the, the sort of peak of that, and had like you say had that gone in, what there, there's no your option off the bench at that point to change the game is Florian Camberi, a guy who was playing wide left for Hibs. I don't I, I don't know where you go from that. I don't know what you do. To, it's, it, it seems like there's an awful I, I get the feel. I, I do get the feeling there's an awful lot more going on off the pitch than there is on the pitch at Ibrox just now, as has been the case for a while um, but some. I don't know whether something happened in Dubai, I don't know whether uh, something happened following Morales' sending off at Parkhead but from that kind of point forward everything has felt sort of jarring, everything's not felt as kind of slick as it should have been. The good thing is it's
2: going to be like a Marco Negri thing where um, everyone's like speculates for years afterwards about what really happened because nobody's ever going to tell, I don't think. But, but on, sorry, sorry to but on Tavernier's programme notes from the yeah. Hamilton game, Rangers have got Jim Trainer doing their PR, right? He's, he's very quick to, you know, chuck out all these statements and I, I'm going to be very careful when I record the Programs to what I say about Jim Trainer because I don't want to um, not appear on the terrace for several weeks. But um, why is why is it what's his job that means that he's not looking at those program notes and going? Um, maybe the captain of Rangers shouldn't be saying this. Like mm-hmm. I'd be disappointed if Captain Kelly
1: said stuff like that.
3: I'm curious as well because I've always assumed that somebody writes program notes for captains rather than captains yeah, writing yeah, program. Yeah, so yeah. whether has written it or whether somebody's written it, it's somebody throwing them into
2: the they're, bus.
0: They're generally like the most bland. Up and at, and we'll start yeah. again. We go again, you know. I, I almost and like it's... I had
2: to confirm that they were faked, but I'm mm. like the, the the document is like too much, too much, yeah, to be faked. But it just it baffles me that yeah, that, that, that when you consider um, the the work that's been done on both their Twitter account and the other ones that um, that Rangers clearly control um, of fact supported fan accounts, like why are why are they not controlling what comes out of that official outlet. It's
3: just weird. On that really positive note, it was good to see Ross Stewart back, my good coast personal friend. And <laughs> sorry, Ross County, but um, it, it was better than midweek.
2: Ro- Ross County are, are really struggling at the moment. They need... You, you see sometimes you get a team like this and like they're struggling, they're struggling, struggling and then bang them into a game and they're safe. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. what they need to just
3: happen. But they're looking a lot of baller just now because they're just... They, they, they folded really easily. They went a goal up and then against a team that has been a clown car for a month, um, and they just folded in midweek. So better for them, I guess. And you conceded one instead
0: of four. But I think the good news for them, Hamilton and Killier have got a bit more of a of a, of a buffer. But like thirty six points will keep you absolutely one hundred percent safe this season because there's four or five teams down down. With a, like the, the inkling of, of a relegation battle, um, and not everyone is going to be able to take enough points, points off of everybody, to, everybody else to, to to drag someone down from further up. So while like, while Ross County have not been good for a wee while, they've got you know, they've got a six point gap on on Hearts. They're them and Hamilton are probably eight points, six eight points from safety, and that's not impossible. Yeah.
3: Magic. So that'll round us off uh, for this week. Uh, we are off to record the Patreon, where Craig and I will be continuing to chew through the ninety-nine uh, best Scotland players okay of the last now. decade. Yeah. Well, now actually, I can actually, so I can actually remember now as well. So even better. <laughs> so you can su- subscribe to that by visiting patreoncom slash podcast. Uh, the TV show inspired by this podcast. will once again, we're back on Friday night, and the guys will be back with another show on Thursday. Thank you very much, Craig. Thank you. Thank you very much, Tom. Cheers. Thank you.